0: Welcome back to the Rouge Cycling Podcast. Back in our old stomping grounds, Benji. I don't know where the rat thing is, though. That maybe has been evicted, not paid its rent. It's off camera if you're watching on YouTube. Welcome <laughs> back, GC. Uh, happy to be back. And this is for the Lombardia preview presented, as always, by Swift, the last major race of the year. I thought Langkali was going to be exciting. We were all geared up for daily recaps, but the relegation battle... Kind of rends that null and with Lotto <laughs> and Israel already having given up the ghost. So sorry to Alankawi. Maybe if Lotto fly back, but I think that's very unlikely. But anyway, Lombardia, uh, Pagacha, the winner last year. Ahead of Fausto Masnada, when Philippe let Masnada bridge across to him, we have no world champ Remco, which is a little bit of a shame, but understandable. We have hit by a car Shackman last year. Back, it's yeah, uh, it's Nibali's last dance. Former winner of the race, Adam Yates has looked good. It's oh, Vingegaard, I think, is on the provisional but not confirmed start list. Is he? He's doing it though. Like otherwise, why would he have done crow race? So yep. it's it's a fine field for Lombardia. It, it's, you know, at the tail end of the year, Bade, et cetera. The route, though, is a little bit different. Uh, the headline numbers, 253 Ks finishing in Como, leaving from Bergamo. Uh, know this region of the world pretty well, but not the actual roads. 4,800 meters of elevation, 200 more than last year a thousand nearly more than the route in 2020 but benji's got more of the details of this course which is steeper but so sort of more frequent but less length to the climbs in this course yeah basically i think
1: it kind of you kind of have to look at the previous Lombardias to get an understanding of what this parkour is like in 2020 we had a parkour also from bergamo to como in 2021 we changed from como to bergamo and that's last year we had a much more mountainous parkour but this year we returned to that 2020 parkour a parkour that had the madonna del guisalo with about what is it 50 kilometers to go muro di sormano climb just after that the technical descent that had nibli going full on and Remco ended up over that ravine and so forth, that all happened in the 2020 edition, and then it was kind of a tune-up towards an climb Civilio, which was in the last ten kilometers, which is four kilometers, ten percent, and then we had San Fermo di Battaglia. Now, the 2022 parkour is slightly different. They took out the sketchy descent that Remco crashed on. I'm not sure if that's a specific reason that they took it out,
0: but they took I out the entire Murò
1: di sermano climb. Okay, that's a specific reason, most likely. Well, but it's still in the Grand
0: Fondo, apparently. so if you're an amateur you can fuck yourself up on it no worries
1: (laughs) that's actually really bad but uh, the look of that at least anyway that makes a more intriguing parkour going over it the first half is just more hilly than the 2020 version and when it comes to the second half indeed madonna del guisalo is still there with about 50 60 kilometers to go but we don't have that muro di sermano climb and that sketchy descent afterwards and then it's a good 20-25 kilometers until we start San Fermo di Battaglia, the climb that is normally the last climb in this race before we go to Civilio, which is at four kilometer at 10%. And then we go back to San Fermo di Battaglia. That's a smaller climb before we go to the line. So I'd say from the second that we hit the first of these San Fermo di Battaglias, it's up and down until the finish line. I think that's a fair assumption here. But based on these changes, the first thing that comes to mind for me is. The action is most likely going to wait until Civili, right?
0: Yes, it. Sh- in theory, it would, right? Uh, but then, if you have Roglic, yeah, maybe. But then, I look at the the team construction. And you look at Pogacar, who won Treval in a sprint last night, beating Valverde and Aguita fairly comfortably. He lit it up early out of the corner. He won the Montreal sprint easily. That had the same sort of accumulated uh, climbing. This is a lot of climbing up and down with, as Benji said, little flat in the last oh, 35 kilometers, and even after the Gisalo descent, you know, you can stay away there. If this was a Grand Tour Stage 20, Benji, what would we be saying? We'd be saying get riders up the road uh, early. It's the perfect parkour for it. You have valleys where teammates can help. And I think with the way UAE tried to control Giro dell'emilia, which has shorter climbs than this, the San Luca climb, um... Ayuso's in, Mike is in, uh, though he might have been at Amelia, but I don't think Ayuso but- was. Um, I don't know his condition. I, know, I saw him on a steel bike uh, doing the Aero uh two days ago. I, I would try and put UAE under pressure and make them make difficult decisions because the very, very obvious result of this race is Pagatia in a small group of three or four descent and Pogacu wins the sprint because Valverde tactics-wise, like, good luck when he's a director. He still doesn't know when to launch his sprint, and he doesn't have the sprint to sort of cover up for those tactical mistakes anymore. And I look at the teams like Movistar, for example. Aaron Baru could go early with Jorgensen. Uh, they have Mas, who he's not... Mas is not going to, maybe you'll prove me wrong... Distance anyone? I don't think on San Fermo. It, the climb is not that hard. Two, I mean, two point eight k is six point seven percent. But the Cervilio, I would launch mass there maybe. Yeah. But then for Yumbo Visma with Vingegaard, who his flat sprint against uh, Pagatcha is not as good. Omen, Foss Helsing. I just think teams need to be much more open and aggressive. I doubt they will. To answer you, so my, that's a very long way of saying yeah, probably the action will be Chivilio, but I don't think it should be if I was, yeah, one of these other teams.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. I think they need to put pressure on the UAE who have used these similar tactics in the last few races they did. Looking at the favorites, Pogacar is indeed the one for me as well, just like you mentioned. His preparation was second at Emilia after Mas. Maz dropped him on that climb in Emilia, San Luca climb, 1.8 kilometers at 9.4%. They did it five times, and he put... Pogaccio under pressure, Musk put Pogaccio under pressure already on the second last one, and he cracked him on the final one. Now, 1.8 kilometers at 9.4% is half of what the Chivilio is. Chivilio is 4 kilometers at 10%. So that's a that's a harder climb, the Chivilio. And the question there is: if Musk can make the difference on the Chivilio, which based on Emilia, he can then can he hold it in the technical descent that comes afterwards? Because yeah. that descent of the Chivilio is essential. We've seen Nibali destroy that descent in the year he won. One of the best descends I've ever seen him alive in cycling. You've got to look it up if you haven't seen it. Amazing descent. And I feel like when it comes to mass descending, it hasn't been amazing this year. It's gotten better, though, compared to the Tour de France and so forth, where it was actually terrible. But is it on the level where he can sustain a, let's say, let's say he gets a 15-second gap at the top of Chevalier. Can he sustain that on Pogaccio in the descent?
0: No, because Pogaccio is much heavier. His recovery on these false flat sections or the lower slopes of San Fermo, I think it's going to be really tough for Mass. I mean, it's another thing to follow someone on a descent. It's another thing to maintain a gap when you're, setting your own lines so he was okay still nearly crashed following Pogaccia and Emilia they got caught though very easily by other guys who are way behind them um and the question is should Pogaccia go on Chivilio Benji because his descending also to be honest it's not the best in the world is that the best way for him to win this race putting pressure on the Chivilio or is it up to other people um like who can beat him in a sprint that's here it's probably Aguita is the main one I'm looking at. How will he go at the back end of a longer race? Will it actually be a group of eight or 10 guys on the Chivilio and it'll be Nibali attacking on the descent with some other riders oh. like a Mikel Lander. Lander's a top tier descender. I don't think Moritz can survive that long. Uh, Vingegaard's a better technical descender than Pagatcha or Mas. He, like. I know it's Crow Race, so and they barely did any long climbs, so it's like impossible to know. Fingerguard's true condition for a monument, but I have a hard time seeing him being dropped on the Chivilio. Um, I, he's not won one-day races like this before, but he's a different rider now from 18 months ago, obviously, after the Tour. His descending's good. Can he beat mass in a sprint? Yes, he can. Um, so yep. I don't know I've kind of argued against myself with what I <laughs> thought would happen but yeah there's so many teams who don't have a chance head to head against POG who I think you should be trying to put UAE under under pressure earlier I'm looking at you Bahrain um, DSM uh, Trek Segafredo who have a former winner in Balkan-Olima. uh Arkea with Bar-Ghi. There there's another rider I wanted to to mention who's gone out of my mind, um, Vlasov <laughs> was who that was. What do you think, Bora? Do Benji strong team on paper? Groschartner's fine. Aguita good at Valley Varesini. Hindley. We're back in Italy. Longer climbs. Vlasov podium this race before in 2020. I know it was different. Are they the team you think should be adopting my strategy? Because head to head on the Chivilio, if they just wait till the Chevillio don't they 90% of them all just get dropped and then one hangs on, best case?
1: Well, we don't know what Shackman's form is like. We don't have a run into this race from him. We don't have a preparation for him, so we don't really know what he's like. So it's difficult to judge what he can do, but I think on the Chivilio itself, he should drop. Like on paper, he can't follow the pace of a Pogaccio and Vinegar on the Chivilio, and it's pretty long, long enough to drop a, a Muck Shackman. When it comes to Vlazov, I was low-key disappointed in him when it comes to Emilia, he made the group into the volley, but he ended up not being able to sprint at the end, which I was also expecting him to be able to do. He was second last in that group, and usually his kick this year was pretty on point. So, I don't know, slightly disappointed in that aspect. Higita was the one, like you mentioned, where he's the one that can compete with a Pogaccio in a, a group sprint, but I would still not put him on the same level. So, if I'm them, I try to figure out a way to get ahead of that and adapt the strategy. That indeed can put UA under pressure beforehand, and perhaps try and make it a sprint between a Yuzo and Higita in a group ahead or something like create a situation like that where Pog is in the in the group behind, and they send the Yuzo to follow an attack of Higita or something. But those like very specific things that you need to pull off as an opposing team that is difficult to make happen. And next to that, does the parkour even allow that? Because on one end, yes, the Vilio is a climb that on paper is the one where you're thinking, okay, this is where it's going to happen. Is the San Fermo di Battaglia beforehand good enough to send a rider that is not the best climber up the road? Or will UAE already be pacing like they did in all the Italian classics so far? Will UAE already make sure that it all sticks together until that Civilio, so that they can launch Pogacar or keep it together for Pogacar like they did at Trevali, for example? Like, I see OE. Just neutralizing it from that second last San Fermo before Sevilla until the top of Sevilla and try and do stuff with Pogaccio at that point. A user as co leader, most likely, perhaps fall into a domestic, if necessary. But I think he's going to close it down there. And then we need to think can these other teams do it earlier on Madonna del Ghislao? And that's just too early. And the climb is not great, in my opinion, to attack from that early on. Or do you expect. Early attacks on Madonna del Gizalo that might pressure you into pacing their domestics before we get to San It's early, right?
0: I mean their team is so, so strong. Are you so formal Almeida here she mica Ulisi? Like we'd be expecting here she say nothing happens on Ghizarlo. Like who's gonna pace on yeah. that climb? Who's gonna I I think it would have to be a Bahrain uh or Ineos sort of team Sharkman. I misspoke. He, I think has ended his season uh, based on his Instagram. So I'm not sure he will be starting because he was, uh, unwell this year. Um, but regardless of life, I think we'll still be doing it. Uh, before I get to Ineos though, I will mention our show partners, Zwift. The Zwift Hub has launched an immediately popular the new affordably priced indoor trainer from Zwift who are breaking down the barriers to indoor training, making the trainer cheaper and easier to set up than any other on the market in this price range. It's sold out in Europe for the time being. If you're in the UK or America, Uh, I think you still might have a chance. No promises, though, once this is posted. Uh, But make sure you go to Zwift or follow them on Instagram to stay tuned with updates on the trainer or, indeed, the Zwift platform. And if you want a free trial for seven days, you can head to Zwift.com through the link down below. Ineos is another one of these teams where – Actually, Danny Martinez is one guy who sneaky could be hogging <laughs> a sprint. He won a sprint in the Basque Country this year, uh, like a legit sprint against Alaphilippe, Ulisi, Roglic, and Bill Bow. He, but his form has been kind of up. Oh, Bill Bow's not doing this race either. Yeah. What the hell, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, sorry, I sorry, I'm. I know I'm zigzagging. Um, <laughs> But I'll get to Bahrain in a second. Sorry, Ineos also got cards to play. Yates, Gaganha, Martinez, even Rivera looked okay at Crow Race. It says Rodriguez and civicop are doing it. They're a team where I think you got to send Gaganha or someone on Gizalo. Like if you just help UAE control the race at that point like what's and and I think San Fermos bef, the one before Chivilio I think that's too late what what gap are they going to get like yep. 10 seconds he or she will go to the front or Ulisi or Formolo or Almeida <laughs> they'll hold the gap at 10 seconds and that'll get it that'll evaporate on Chivilio so or do you just trust Adam Yates can Adam Yates straight up drop pog with mass with finger guard on Chivilio are we overrating Pog's climbing we haven't seen him do a climb like this since the tour, right? Well, the disappointing
1: part for me when it comes to Yates is that he was just not there at Emilia. Like, if we look at the likes of Montreal, he was the strongest climber in the race, Yates. He was about to drop Pogaccio if the climb was like two kilometers longer or a kilometer longer. He Pogaccio was struggling in the wheel of Yates there. And when we look at this parkour on paper, that climb is now longer, but I also have the feeling that Pogatra is gradually growing in terms of strength in these last two weeks in similar form that they did that he did last year, for example. Two weeks before, in Trivale, I'm pretty sure he was not at his best because <laughs> uh, he was nowhere when the mark he won that race. And then eventually, he moved towards Lombardi and was the strongest in the race. And now we see this year that his preparation was not perfect either, but does that say that Pogatra is therefore also weak red Lombardia, I don't know, he can be back at level by the time we reach Lombardia this weekend. And with that in mind, I am not necessarily expecting Adam Yates to straight up drop Pogaccio on Civilio, but I might end up being wrong. Also because I think UE is going to have enough riders at the foot of Civilio that it's not a one-to-one battle from the start. So by the time it's a one-to-one battle, I think we're halfway to climb. Then he needs to hold on for two kilometers. And that goes for a lot of riders, though. Like Vincenzo and Iboli. Obviously, I'm going to put him in this discussion because he's my favorite rider and it's his last race of his career. So I'm going to cry on Saturday. Anyway, on Civilio, like, is he going to be able to follow the excruciating tempo of Vingega and Pogacar? And if he can't, is there an ability to come back in the descent or will he be able to attack in a descent and benefit from that? Is there a chance for you that Nibali wins his last race of his career? Or do you think that Valverde has more chance to win his last race in his career?
0: I think Bal has more chance given how it's actually looked. I mean, <laughs> just cause it's the way for Nibali to win is, is more difficult with his lack of sprint. Um, Alla has can still theoretically win. Like he he's come second in Coppa, Agostini fourth in Giro de Amir, third in Trevali Verasina. But to be honest, in none of them was he really close to the win. Um, yeah. despite those really good results, uh, crazy amount of points though. <laughs> like back end of the year, him and Mars forty two mental. Um. Nibali has to get away on the Chivilio descent and hold it and hope this group two dynamics. I don't really see another because like San Fermo, yeah, it's going to be tough for him, but I'd love to see it. I think he'll try regardless. EF yeah. haven't announced yet. I'll assume they have Piccolo, Paulus, Guerrero, Cepeda, and Uran. I think they have quite a nice team. Uran will also be hoping for some games on Chivilio maybe and a softer tempo on which he can attack on the descent because he bridged across on the Emilia descent uh, the other day to Pogacar and Mars, for example. Uh, Quickstep, Bagioli, Dave and I'm's honoree, Seri van Vildevovica, Alaphilippe no good in the Italian semi-classics to date. His form unknown. Uh, Bagioli came third in Montreal and I think deserves co-leadership. I don't know where Masnada is. I know it's still – is he sick as well?
1: He He came second last year. I on? haven't seen him since uh, Vuelta a España, and I haven't seen an update from him, so I can't tell you, but on paper, he's not on the start list right now, so I'm guessing that they're not having him race, and if that's the case, then, like, an Felipe on paper, Cevilio is too difficult for him in this yeah. form, because I haven't seen the form necessary to survive Cevilio in that sense, but on paper, it is the parkour that is the most viable Lombardia in years for... a and Philippe to survive, but peak Philippe can win this race. Non-peak Philippe, like we've seen recently can't for me. Nah,
0: because even in past country, like we've not seen, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong for if I've missed something and I know his shape was coming really good in the Vuelta before Worlds and maybe Worlds he could have done something, but uh, I'm not so sure. Like, even in the races, he, he's won two races this year Bass Country stage and a Wallonie stage. I didn't see the Wallonie one. It was like half murder I think, a dot pro stage. Yeah, Bass Country. Second. Yeah, well, okay, That I was about to say not, not a great win, but must be. <laughs> um, he, he His sprints not looked as good. There was a couple of Bass Country stages where Remco gave him quite a good lead out and he didn't finish it. And we're talking sprints against, you know, not great guys. He won one and then he lost the one the next day, I think to Bilbao, which he really should have won and barely beat Vlasov. And then the climbing, um, nah, in, in the Vuelta, he he was going really, really well. So, but he's just not looked as sharp as 2019. And I was looking at his climbing numbers because 2019 Tour de France, like it's a different era in terms of the climbing of the guys who eventually won Compared to now, they're climbing way quicker now. But Philippe was climbing way quicker then. Like he was still flying to hold yellow like crazy. And we haven't really seen that. And usually, like last year, Benji fooled me at least not just once, a couple of times, but yep. – Tour of Britain before Worlds, he was still competitive against Wout. He was coming second, second, third, you know, and, and Britannia Classic second, San Sebastian sixth. Before the Tour de France, he was still, like, competitive in Tour de Swiss sprints. Here he's 80th. He's, he's literally not in the picture in these Italian races. So, yeah, it's I think it's Bagioli time if he has uh the legs. Is there any real dark horses, before we give our picks, Benji, um, that you think like a Roman Bardet or um, Mikel Lander, I kind of quite like or Tess Fazzion or David Gaudu, um or even, I know Stora looked good the other day, or Pozzo any dark horses? The thing when it comes to Pozzo Vivo is we've seen him,
1: compete in these Italian classics and be one of the stronger climbers in them, but I just don't see him winning. That's just the case. I don't see Pozzovivo winning this race. It would be hilarious and great if he does. Like I'd be down to see it. I won't complain. I don't think his contract has been renewed for next year. I think he's still on that one year contract at Entre Marché. But I believe with the results he had so far, fifth at Agostoni, third at Emilia, eighth at Varesine, he should get a new contract next year if he wants to. If he wants to, that's the factor that matters because we don't know if he wants to silently retire suddenly i hope he does not because it's fun to see him now next to that godu he's one of those riders when i saw this parkour i was like godu's an outsider for this because he's got that punch he can get surprised in a bit of a group sprint at the end and he can get over these climbs on paper but his darling classics haven't poor straight up poor so i don't see it either a model was in that team civilio might be too hard i He's the rider that I always say he can top 10 every single monument in the world. He's done it with a RVV this year. I straight up think that this parkour could work for him for a top 10, but I don't see him competing for the victory itself. Also, once again, I would love to see it. But you mentioned it earlier, Peo Bobao is not on this list, but if he was, like, he'd be my like dark horse for this
0: race, yeah. all right? <laughs> Because he climbs well enough, and his descending's the best in the world. Like, and he's got a strong team around him. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I'm going with Fortunato top seven. I think yep. he will be more like okay. Too, it's different to Emilia; it's longer. But the longer climbs, the steeper, should be better for him. So I'm getting in ahead of Benji with that one.
1: Next to that, we also want to add. Let's say he doesn't come seventh. He'll still be more on TV than the winner.
0: <laughs> yeah, unless the winner is—I know—I think—is he so popular in in Italy? Surely, nibali they give a little bit of TV yeah, time yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just odd. Like the form lines, it's it's one of the most difficult races I find to preview because the form lines are like some guys have, frankly, let's be honest, they've thrown in the towel. Like they're turning <laughs> yeah. up because they got to fill in the numbers and because they're obliged to, but this has not been a target for them. We're in October. Other riders maybe quietly in the background have been preparing very, very seriously, and actually their 10, 15-minute power is close to their peak levels, and that could be Vingegaard. I, I don't know with Vingegaard because Crow Race, we didn't see his punch look good, but his Chavilo, like how that goes, I've already said, I don't know. Um one guy who's not like this is sorry, I'll cut to the chase what I think will happen. Um I think Pegaucho gets dropped by a group on Chevilo. um I think mass, uh, a Yates or Martinez, and who else do I like? Vingegaard or Hindley. I'm not sure if Hindley's looking any good. Mm, Who knows? I I think they drop him on Chivilio and they have to work together. Now, can they keep him behind? That's difficult. It has to be properly dropped and then they have to cooperate. Um, That's the big if. But you'd think they would if you drop Pog. So I think that's what happens. And I think they are, I don't know. What happened with Pog? He was so. He just attacked him last year. I'm trying to think what happens when Pog gets dropped. Does he come back? Because it so rarely happens that I think he comes back and wins the sprint, actually. Because in Liège, he was kind of half dropping the year he won, right? Um, like he wasn't the best puncher or climber, but he, he's not gonna get he's not gonna lose 45 seconds, I don't think. So I think Pog wins a sprint, but I think he won't be the best pure climber in the race.
1: Okay. When it comes to Pogachar, when it comes to my my flaw of the race, before I get it done, I just want to shout out Molar for a top 10. That's gonna happen. I can feel it. But the flaw of the race, I think my non-biased take is that Pogachar wins this race. And he could do it by dropping and returning, but he could also just hold on and end up winning a group sprint afterwards. But my bias take is that Nibali benefits from the group on Sevilla kind of looking at each other at certain points and gets a bit of a gap and goes into the descent and wins this race. Okay, it's happening. The shark is coming. And if he does, then I'm going to get my shark onesie out. When, they're, when the podcast happens.
0: <laughs> I mean, Nibali came fourth in the Giro, like a crazy result. He's, if he has that form, I mean, the trey Valley he's been fine in the other two races he's done tuning yep. up to this. He got a well, gap in valley
1: 800 meters, he yeah, was gone for a bit. Like, he's not
0: a joke. <laughs> he's a serious threat for this race. And I don't think they should take him attacking on a descent or anywhere lightly, frankly, because he's in fine form. He might even be the same level as before where everyone else has just improved. Um, and thinking about it, I, I, if Pog gets over Chivilio and there's no Agita, I have a tough time seeing or thinking how he loses the sprint and the benefit effect? of being co- Pardon?
1: Can they roll attacks on him after Chivilio?
0: Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, Wout van Art never gets the benefit of the doubt, right? And Pagacha really? who keeps winning bunch spr- uh, reduced group sprints, seems to, like, maybe this will be the tipping point where guys are like, say, let's imagine, after Chivilio, we have a group of Nibali, um, Yates, Godou, I'm trying to think of another rider that I liked, Wingergaard and a Bora rider or someone else like that, or Mass and Mass, surely they roll attacks on him. But the problem is if there's not two teammates, say Enric Mass attacks or Vingegaard attacks, he gets brought back by Adam Yates, and it's just everyone attacking each other. Like if you watched Crow Race the other day, you need two teammates to really make that work. So should guys go to the sprint with Pog? Should they treat him like they would a Wout van Aert? Yes, unless you're maybe David Gudu, you can trust yourself a little bit. Um, but otherwise, I think they'll just mess each other up, even if they do attack.
1: I think the key when it comes to those rolling attacks is that the people that are with Pogacar don't necessarily respond instantly to the other moves. Let's say that a Vilverde attacks on the left side of the road. Pogacar is the one that needs <laughs> Never to chase happening. it. Never happening, ever. Yeah, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but okay, someone else. Let's say Moss attacks on the left side of the road. Exactly. Muzz attacks on the left side of the road, is the one that needs to respond, and he doesn't instantly close it. If the gap becomes a tiny bit larger than the initial gap that existed, that's when someone else can bridge towards Pogachar. But if they do it instantly, then they're basically bringing pogachar back. So I think there's some nuance in when they need to respond to other
0: moves than Pogachar in the
1: rolling attack. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with – I I feel like Vingegaard impressed me at Crow Race when he was getting – I know it's a different sort of level, but he was getting attacked over and over and over and over by two teammates. I I feel like Vingegaard's going to go clear on San Fermo and it's going to be somehow he'll win a sprint, sprint against Mass. Um, yeah, it's hard to go away from Pog. I don't know what the odds are, but – should Pog go back? to? I'm going with Vingegaard. I'm going with Vingegaard. I didn't p- pick him for the tour. Um, I think Pog was put under pressure on Chevilio. He comes back. He's a threat for the sprint. But the, cow- the killer jewels in the legs, when they're attacking him later, eventually put paid to him. And Vingegaard somehow wins a weird sprint against mass.
1: Okay. So you say Vingegaard. I say Nibali. Despite us both saying that Pogatra is the likely winner of this race. Oh, he- Pogatra should <laughs> be the favorite. Yes okay, yeah. but um, and next to that, I think you're slightly potentially underrating mohoric or do you think he's absolutely gone on no, 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 he video. was getting
0: dropped by Vingegaard on like a six hundred meter six two pinch. seconds yeah, but mate, crow race you're getting dropped on <laughs> six hundred meter six percent pinch, like two seconds in front of Jonathan Milan like come yeah, on. yeah true yeah, this is yeah, serious right. race you're right with serious climbing. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's You're underwriting Lander. It. I think Landa. Uh, you never know his form. Has he done a race? <laughs> oh, he's an NPC. Lander? <laughs> he's an NPC at this race. I don't he, believe it. He, he beat Nibl in the in the Giro, but he hasn't done Get a race since the welter. So that's that's the sort of one. I've not. He could literally have been on his couch. He could be on the, you know, Christmas program, or he could have been preparing for this race. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's unlikely that he's in top top shape. But yeah, that's our picks for Lombardia. It's a pretty open race. Everyone looking at Pog, UAE to control. I hope it's an open race. I hope teams try and put UAE and Pog under pressure, particularly if they have multiple leaders. Um and before we round off, have we have we disrespected Ayuso Benji, the man who came third at the Vuelta? Looks really good in the third week, won, to de Getshoff, and yeah, have we, or we just don't know his form?
1: It's simple, we don't know his form, we don't know what he's going to look like going into this race, so we can't judge it. On paper, he can compete for this race, yes, he can win this race in a certain way, yes, there's a situation where he just drops instantly because he's not in form, we don't know, so
0: that's the take o- here. Fox o- should lead him out. Get out he's out faster here. sprinter. <laughs> a you so sprint is so fast
1: <laughs> i know but i i'm i'm not sure i'd say I, i'm not sure i'm 100% certain that it's fast. i think it's i think it's close we need a one v one sprint. We, it
0: needs to happen like it like we next year if they're in the group it might happen like in leguelia <laughs> i basically i'll be a happy man if this race is the LaGuelia repeat except it's Pog now instead of Polans and Covey that Ayuso shouting at to lead him out. Um, if we see that, that would be so good. Um, because, yeah. Yeah, no, it's no, all-
1: no. Technically, the situation is that Pog and Ayuso were sprinting against each other in the group and another rider from UE <laughs> comes from behind, Micah. Almeida.
0: <laughs> Almeida would <laughs> like, be oh so my- Almeida. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was good in Emilia last year and he seemed to have gone off the boil a little bit. I don't know. It's all the pressure on UAE. I think with the back to with the returning winner, I'm keen to see their tactics. I think it'll be pretty straightforward. But Ayuso is, yeah, uh, a sort of a loose cannon and a personal favourite of mine. But anyway, that's the Lombardia <laughs> preview. We'll have the recap on Saturday. Of course, the Italian one days are always on a Saturday, not a Sunday. Sundays for mass, and uh, we'll see you Saturday. It might be for mass too. We'll see you with the recap on Saturday. Until then, ciao.